Welcome to the Recovered Addict Podcast. Yes, we use the word recovered. Episode one, we talked about that. That's so right. some of you are here and you're listening, and I want to talk to our host, just sitting right over here, um, new to podcasting. Dwayne, that's Urban awesome, Frank. dude. You've been this doing like first, uh, this is my first <laughs> podcast, bro. The last two, we hit it out of the park. So the third one today, of course, our ego wants to say <laughs> we did amazing, we did great. Thousands of people are listening to us. Probably the best podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, best ever. You know how Trump does? He's like, the best ever. <laughs> exactly. He always puts his hands out like this and That's does the... Uh, not that we're political enemy. I always say, take the right, the left, both wings, and just throw the whole bird out. Throw the whole bird out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not uh, affiliating with any political party. And also, you know, Recovered Attic Podcast, of course, a little controversial, but we're not affiliating with any... Uh, specific recovery group either right yeah 100 you know, we're yeah. here on our own trying to practice spiritual principles as a way of life. walking down the only road we've ever known it's <laughs> like an 80s <laughs> like a drifter i was born to walk yeah so um one of the things that i want to get into today we got into the physical dimension the emotional dimension and i want to we're going to hit heavy yeah on the spiritual dimension just for the simple fact is the spiritual dimension is where it's at Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're mm -hmm. speaking of songs. There was like a '90s hip hop. Where it's at, I got two turntables and a microphone. But <laughs> <laughs> you know where it's at. That was for your us. generation. Yeah, <laughs> that was my generation, not yours. Because you're thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah, yeah. I'm at the big five zero. But uh, spiritual dimension to us is the key to recovery. Absolutely, absolutely. We're also still in our our module one understanding addiction, and now approaching that from the spiritual dimension. Mm. What does that mean? How am I understanding addiction? Without a clear understanding of the problem, I don't really have a clear direction to head in for a solution. It's important that we, as recovered individuals practicing a spiritual lifestyle, understand that I'm suffering from a spiritual malady. There is something inside of me that is sick. Otherwise, why would I need this outside thing in order to be okay? Why would I have this delusional seeking, this uh, uh, selfish, self-centered, run-you-over attitude to get whatever it is I want in order to be okay? Nobody seeks anything unless they believe the having of it is going to make them better, That's happier. That's good, yes. Why would I seek any? I'm not, I'm not intentionally trying to hurt myself. Most people aren't unless you're a little psychotic. Yeah, and, and then uh, this can happen in relationships mm -hmm. where I need them so that I can feel better. Absolutely. Yeah, I can be addicted to relationships. I can be addicted to constantly work. having someone around. Absolutely, yeah. Addicted to work. I have that. Yeah, yeah, same same with me. I think I think the entrepreneurial part mm -hmm. lends itself to addiction. Yeah. We'll have to do a whole podcast on that because I, I, think, I think that desire for, and you had talked about it last one was so good and helped me out, was that desire for more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Well, that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Yeah. More and more and more donuts for me are more and more and more proving that I'm good enough. You know, all, all of that's the same. You know, that mechanism in my brain, it's all the same. It's all just, yeah, go do this. This is good for you, Jason, where it's my ego talking and it's not good. You know, you're better than everybody else. You work harder. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's that's, that. That's when the ego can mask itself and I look pretty 
because I'm, I have entrepreneurial spirit. Oh yeah, I'm running three businesses. I'm running four businesses, but I'm killing myself. I don't sleep. My hair's falling out. Yes. I, uh, I, uh, I have stress. Well, it's like those stress. I mean, you're in the fitness industry. It's like those, you know, and you, and you're a bodybuilder and all that stuff. So it, it you know, you have the 1% body type thing. But when you go on Instagram and you look at these fitness models, they mm -hmm. test them. They've, you know, reluctantly done blood tests and stuff like that. And they find that inside <laughs> a lot of shit is going on that's bad. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like mm -hmm. super high cholesterol, super high blood pressure. They may be taking illegal substances to get there, you know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, performance enhancing drugs, all these different things. So outside looks amazing like you're you're every picture on instagram but then you see you know several months later you see a thing of them in the hospital mm -hmm. you know at, at 27 years old having a heart attack. heart attack you know so that's the thing that you have to look at it's like the ego wants the instagram look you know but inside that's what you really got to deal with and that's what we're talking about today mm -hmm. my spiritual approach to navigating the world if i'm hurting spiritually and I'm unaware of it, it's easy to have misguided direction, misguided ideas of what's going to help. Because if I don't know any better, this bottle, this alcohol, oh, this makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. this, must be, this must be the direction I head in. If I don't know any better, oh, this sex, this relationship, this makes me feel better. I have to have that in order to be okay. And enough of that unconscious behavior can rewire my neocortex, the chemicals produced in my brain, to be a normal part of life. That's just the way I'm conditioned. That's just how I'm going to go through the world. I need this outside thing in order to be okay. Very dangerous with the Instagram, very dangerous with the uh, comparing, constantly comparing my mm -hmm. insides to somebody else's outsides. Yeah, They look good. so much better than me. I feel horrible about how I look. And people starve themselves. Mm -hmm. Or like you were talking about taking, taking whatever medication or supplement they have to take. Star, yeah, the starving themselves is the big deal about the fitness models and uh, yeah, and they, and they don't realize that that picture was done pre-contest, but they normally don't walk around looking no, like that. no. I've been able to, and I'm grateful I had this experience. But I've been on, uh, I've competed in seven different competitive bodybuilding shows. Mm -hmm. And when you take that level of fitness, we successfully take health to an unhealthy extreme. Yes. It's like, I got two speeds. I'm all or nothing. That's the way I drank. <laughs> so I'm going to be the way I drive. super no. healthy, but really super unhealthy. Really, so, this it, is a, yeah. so body bodybuilding could be kind of an addictive. Absolutely. An addiction. It, it appeals to people who have addictive personality because mm. all it takes is everything you got. I'm going to dedicate <laughs> everything I have to looking a particular way. So instead of getting blackout drunk, I'm going to go to the gym two or three times a day. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to burn my muscle tissue. I'm working out so much. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a, that's a subculture in itself. Bodybuilding right. is a wild world. I was in that world for a lot of years. Now I own my own personal training business, and I'm honored to take my clients you're one of them. Yes. Through their own journey of health and wellness. And you know what? You know, we like to, Jordan Peterson likes to talk about ordering chaos a lot. It's the oldest, oldest Taoism type of one of the oldest teachings there is. And you have the yin yang, the order and chaos. And too much order 
and I'm 3% body fat on stage looking lean, and you look that way one day a year, but I'm ready to faint. Right. I'm ready to fall over. My body is so depleted. And too much chaos, I'm 400 pounds overweight. I don't even get off the couch. Really, I can't even move my own body. It's mm. too much chaos. I have right. no direction. I don't know how to treat my metabolism. I don't know how to treat my, my organs. I don't know how to take care of myself. So too much order and too much chaos, both of those things are not good for us. Right. The proper place for us is that thin line, that dancing that line in the middle of that yin-yang where it's malleable, it changes. We need order. We need chaos. We can't have too much of either one. So helping clients find their own spiritual journey, their own fitness journey with the, with a fitness program is a joy for me. Well, I know when it, when it comes to addiction, as it is with anything, that physical dimension that we talked about and then the emotional dimension, the spiritual dimension, and, and we say this uh, in our module, from a spiritual perspective, addiction can be seen as a misguided search for wholeness or peace. That's so spot on. <laughs> I love the Greek etymology of um, perfection because you get, you know, that's again to the bodybuilding reference. You want to look perfect on stage or whatever, whatever the reference may be. I want to have a perfect relationship. Right. Then I'll be okay. I want to have a perfect bank account. Then I'll be good. And the Greek etymology of the word perfect is whole. Mm. It never meant without blemish. Mm, it never right, meant right, right. sparkling, sterling, so beautiful. Right. Perfection just meant whole. If I'm coming from the spiritual dimension, and you know, we, we're, this is going to be a spiritual podcast. We're going to talk a lot of spiritual principles. I believe strongly I am not going to recover from any addiction without a spiritual solution. Yes, 100%. If I don't have a spiritual solution, there's no chance for recovery. There's none because you can't white knuckle something. You can't will something into existence without understanding deeply what's going on. And, and it's it's to know thyself. Mm, very good. You, you know what I mean? That was put up all over, uh, you know, the ancient Greeks yeah. and stuff like that. Know thyself. Know thyself. You know, that's the whole desire. You know, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually, know thyself. Absolutely. And you, so you can't heal until you know yourself. Very good. Very good. So if I know myself, if I know that my identity is grounded in spiritual dimension, I'm mm -hmm. a God conscious, a, a, a present being. Mm -hmm. From that space, I can be whole. That part of me is infinite. That part of me is connected to source. That part of me is not subject to life or death. It's not subject to time. It's whole. It's already perfect. Eckhart Tolle likes to say, be what you already are. Mm, that's so good, yes. Be, be whole. Yeah. Be whole. So if I'm in a conditioned pattern, we were just talking about this at the gym, a, a destructive loop of disillusionment, a, a destructive loop of um, dishonesty, of seeking outside things in order to make me okay, I'm not aware that I'm whole. I'm definitely not being what I already am. Yes. Be what you already are. You already are whole because you already have connection to source. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So if I have 35 years of conditioning, right. worry about this money. Or mm -hmm. I have, whatever, 20 years of conditioning, drinking this substance makes you feel better. I'm just going to do what I know works. So we're very interested in shifting the paradigm here. We're very interested in getting to a place of complete willingness 
to do something different. And unfortunately, I have to really go down the rabbit hole with this misguided search Mm -hmm. in order to reach a bottom. You know, recovery programs say all the time, the sufferer must hit rock bottom. Yeah, when you, and I like the word misguided, misguided search, because it lends to, you know, I always like to look at us as being on a hero's journey, mm, each of good. us, you know, and so you can go past that. All movies are made off that, you know, Star Wars is yes. built off all yes. that. And, and and you could go and, and I think Campbell was the guy's last name that made the hero's journey. Um, you can go in and read all of that and, and understand it. But there's always this part of the hero having to meet the teacher. And the teacher, we always think of it being some wise guru, you know, somebody that is, you know, all-knowing and you're going to be, like, swept away and they're going to give you all the keys to life in a bullet point format and you're going to be changed forever. Yeah. But the teacher on the journey is constant. And you don't know, your mom may be the teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or your dad. And you see the things that your addiction is related to the things that you haven't dealt with, with your relationship with your parents, you know, and, and so your parents become a teacher because that shows itself because you, what you've been doing on this misguided search for wholeness or peace, what you've been doing is not, and we'll get into upper limits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but because of them, I'm this. You know, because if they were okay, if my parents were okay and they didn't raise me this way, then I would be fine. I wouldn't be an alcoholic or I wouldn't be a drug addict or I wouldn't be 400 pounds. Yeah. You know, whatever your addiction is, minus food, guys, just so you know, um, probably more on the, uh, I wouldn't say sexual per se, because I'm not like a sex addict or something, but it's more like seeking wholeness in relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like bouncing from relationship to relationship and then. Obviously, like two year, I get the two year mark. After two years, it's all blown up. Uh, <laughs> it's like Wiley. Coyote. I blow it up. Wiley like every Coyote time. does that because it's, it's just too good. You know, I just can't have that much uh, peace and wholeness in my life. I gotta, I gotta have the chaos. Well, upper limit problem. <laughs> yeah, it's upper limit. But I want to get to this because you were talking about this the other day. Um, this whole idea of the hero's journey and then the options that you have when you when you have a teaching moment and you slay the dragon. Mm. I think this is really, really good at this moment because the teacher is your so-called suffering. The teacher is your addiction. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So you have to, on the hero's journey, you have to go and not only be taught by that addiction, but you have to go overcome that. You know, and you have all the tools. We always say you have all the tools and the power in you. But when you're going to that, when you're going to that, whatever type of dragon it may be in your life, what are the choices that you have, because I think this is so good. Was it Jordan Peterson again that was talking about yeah. this? Yeah, go ahead and share this. this Jordan Peterson's analogy of you know the hero, the hero journey, and um, you know it's important to say first that I have hit a bottom. Mm, I've yes. had a lot of teaching from my suffering because my selfish, destructive behavior is causing a lot of. Um, I'm getting a lot of consequences now. Yeah, like initially it was fun. Yes. I don't need a hero's journey when I'm just having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm seeking a hero's journey when my life needs to change. I was presented with the opportunity of recover or die. Mm. If you go down this path, right. that's death. I got very close to experiencing that. I got as close to experiencing death from my destructive addiction 
as I ever want to get. That presented me with a willingness or a, a, a bottom to try and do something different. You know, and then Jordan Peterson's analogy of the hero's journey is there's two types of heroes in the world. First type of hero is the type of hero that goes out into the wilderness, confronts the dragon, slays the dragon, and then comes back and shares the spoils with the community. Mm, yes. And in our addiction, that dragon is the addiction. That dragon, that wilderness, that chaos, mm -hmm. that, that uh, uh, the dark night, you know, that's, that's our teacher. That's the dragon. I had to be willing to go into the wilderness, confront the, 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 the destructive dragon. We slay the destructive dragon by shining laser point awareness mm -hmm. on the things that are kicking my ass. <laughs> yes. Being willing to do something different and start heading in that direction. And now we're presented with a beautiful opportunity to now share those mm. gifts with the rest of the community. The second type of hero is the type of person that confronts the tyrannical structure, the, the controlling leadership. This would be Pharaoh, and Moses comes in to free his people. That type of hero rips down the tyrannical structure and is prepared to rebuild it. This is me and the structure of my mind. Mm, right. My conditioned thinking, I need that outside thing in order to be okay. In me, it's, it's 35 years old. If we're going spiritual dimension, it's much older than that. I'm carrying generational, ancestral, wounds, hurts, whatever it may be. Right. Which allows me to be the victim of generational wounds, hurts, unconsciousness. And then I can just perpetuate the unconsciousness and try and check out because this is too difficult to feel. I want to feel something else. So confronting the tyrannical structure of my conditioned mind, my fear, my worry, my anger, tearing that structure to the ground and being prepared to rebuild it with spiritual principles, spiritual affirmations, prayers, meditations. Uh, this is the hero's journey. The best type of hero does both those things. Yes. The best type of hero yes. slays the dragon right. and tears down the tyrannical structure. Yeah, of the mind, because the mind is Correct. the illusion. Yeah. Correct, yeah. You believing in your emotion, you believing in those thoughts, mm, you know, good. and then uh, allowing them to control you to the point of, you know, because your mind, your mind only knows the programming of, you know, for me, 50 years. So yes, that's yes. it from, and we were even talking about that, like in the womb, the mm -hmm. things that your mom was saying, your dad, you catch all that stuff. So these loops, these thought pattern loops begin to form. And then next thing you know, you're just running off this program. Jason Rigby's program is pretty simple. What am I afraid of today? <laughs> <laughs> How can fear manifest itself? Oh, I need to get really angry at this person because I'm kind of fearful that they're going to take my job. Yeah. Or, or you know, yeah, I need yeah. to get angry at this because I'm fearful that I'm going to lose my relationship. You know, the cool part about it is my fear is it always comes true when I really delve deep into it. That's because you're a powerful manifester. Yes. I'm a creator. <laughs> you can create can your own create world. I can a manifest. A destructive relationship. I can create. Yes, I can manifest heavy stuff. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't realize how powerful we are. Yeah. yeah. When I get fully into my fear, I can really screw everything up. Yeah. It's and amazing. It, it, it's powerful. Our, our job 
in rebuilding that structure is now what do I want to manifest? Mm, yeah. yes. Do I want to be the victim of my life or do I want to be the creator of my life? Yeah, and I want to get into, because I, I think this is really important, what you talked about. And this misguided search for wholeness or peace, this part is really, really important. It's like, what does wholeness and peace look like for me? Mm. And can I define that with clarity? You know, and I think there's a lot of fog, and you've mentioned this where you're kind of just walking around in the fog. There's a lot of fog that's going on with understanding what wholeness and peace looks like for me. You know, uh, I, I know I'm an addict. Yes. I get that. Yes. I know I have a problem with this, this, or this, but I'm in this fog. Like, wholeness and peace i don't even know what that it, my life is so chaotic i'm just living from moment to moment trying not to drink trying not to do drugs i have no i don't even have a concept of what wholeness or peace looks like how can someone begin to establish that or begin to shift their thought process and go towards that clarity i yeah that's an excellent question that's what we want to address in 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 our modules as we go through the pro process here um you like know, what is under, what does wholeness yeah. and peace look like to you? Well, understanding that, yeah. understanding that whole means without void, without lack. Right. I don't I don't need a particular thing in order to be okay. I already am okay. The whole idea of be what you already are. Mm. And then peace, this peace is so elusive. It's like serenity. I don't know what the heck serenity means. What does that mean? That means inner peace. That mm. means on the inside I'm I'm perfect the way I am. And, and nothing okay. external is going to screw with that. No, no. I, when what, we talked about this last, last class, you know, our last podcast, um, if I'm, if I can be independent from my outside circumstances, mm -hmm. I'm mastering my environment. If I'm mastering mm -hmm. my environment, I have emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the same as serenity is the same as inner peace. However, for a person who is conditioned to live in chaos, who is walking mm -hmm. through the fog, that inner peace is going to feel really weird. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, what the heck is this? There's nothing, there's, there's no fire I need to put out. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing right, crazy right, going right. on right now. That's going to feel weird at weird. first. Weird, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I caught my boyfriend cheating, so now I normally go do drugs or, or drink a bottle. Yes, and then cheat back. And then cheat back, uh, yeah. Whatever the so, story so, is. So yes. now... I'm in like a halfway decent relationship. Mm. What <laughs> do I do now? Yes, it's going to feel really weird. Yes. It's a great opportunity for an upper limit to sneak in. Upper limit problem. Let's define know. this. Let's I don't up ULP ULP is uh what I experienced. This is from Gay Hendricks and one of his books, The Big Leap. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to experience this much love, abundance and success. My conditioning does not allow me to experience this much love, abundance, and success, what can I do unconsciously to drop myself back down to my normal state of existence, my normal pain and suffering? The comfort level. Yes, I'm comfortable with this much pain right, and suffering. Right. I have 35 years of it. Right, that's all right. I know. So that's the rebuilding of the structure of my mind. I like to think of it like for me, it's this way, because we, we battle this every summer and being like, money money worrying all the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the thermostat that i have out here right so i would like it to be at 71 72 it'd be great but because i'm trying to save money with the air conditioning we live in albuquerque so it can get 90s and high 90s and 80s i'll put it to 76. now 76 
I'm com- I, I'm not very comfortable, but I know I'm saving money. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? 74, course. I'll compromise and do 74, you know, just to make sure that I'm, you know, at that level. But 76 is like, I, I, I'm uncomfortably comfortable. So mm-hmm. this range from 72 to 76, you know, 72 is making me worried. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good, <laughs> but it make it, I'm worried constantly. Yeah. So it's kind of, a, and Gay Hendricks talks about this, it's like a thermostat. Yeah. And, and so when things go so well and so good, like you get a promotion at work, oh, I need to cheat on my wife. I've got, I need to go, yes, I've go binge. Past, I've gone past that thermostat setting. Yes, yes. I don't know how to handle this much love, abundance, and success. I don't know how to handle the inner peace. Right. How do I handle inner peace? So, it's a, so getting back to your question about defining wholeness, defining inner peace, both of those were tiptoeing in the same, in the same language here. Um, it, perfect the way I am. I'm complete the way I am. I'm, I'm, there's not a void. I'm not in lack. I don't need to seek something right now. I'm whole. I have peace. Both those things kind of walk hand in hand. Cause you have those things. You are, you are all the time, completely whole and completely peace. And we're blowing people's minds right now. Cause they don't understand that. No, like, no, it, no, no, no. I'm makes, not. No, it makes zero sense. Right. That's why we're interested in tearing down the old structure of my mind that says I'm not whole. You know what? In our in our teaching, in our in our a lot of the teachings that I've been exposed to, we always talk about sex status and security. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. So sex status the three and security. S's. I I have a miss. Well, w- w- let's remember here. I have a misguided search for wholeness and peace mm, in so, my addiction. So I need to go to security. Yes. Yeah, so security always transfers for us into money. Mm-hmm. If I have the right money, then I'll be okay. That outside thing is going to make me okay. So I'm chasing that. Sex. If I have the right relationship, mm-hmm. if I have enough of the right type, if, right. It, if, it, if, it's, if it's more, I'm getting more. I'm if getting I more. want this person, I can yes. conquer them. And they want me back. Yeah, I need them to want me back. Exactly, exactly. Then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Status. Status is very, we like to correlate status with prestige. Prestige is dangerous for addicts because it serves the ego mm. to if, if it's taken to an extreme prestige is i want to be viewed as a leader look at me i actually know best the rest of you should follow me look at my title look at this follow what me. i've created yeah so that's status mm. problems of sex status and security usually i mean those are those are like big categories those are those are no i like broad those, categories though. yeah but that's a understanding of what i'm willing to chase and seek in order to be okay if i'm behaving in the delusion of my addiction mm. a we need to wake up to the delusion right b i want to i need to be willing to seek a different type of life c i need to have the realization that I have a God-sized hole in the middle of me from my destructive addiction behavior that has been going on for years. And I'm using this sex status and security to try and fill this hole up. Mm, yes. And because it's not God-sized, it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't feel whole no. and I don't feel peace. No, I mean, we, we have people probably listening to the podcast right now that maybe multimillionaires, maybe have, you know, everything, the nice house, the nice car. The, yeah. And yeah. they're looking at it. They're looking at it and being, I, I just kind of, I've done that. The first, you know, I went from homeless to 
um, being successful. And, and mm -hmm. like my mm -hmm. first, the first salary I got where it was like, uh, six figures years and years ago, it was like six figures. And I was like, Holy smokes. I broke into like the hundred thousand mark, you know? And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I started getting these big paychecks. And then I was like, I don't, I can't spend this much money. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? I could, I mean, I could be stupid, but I'm not stupid enough to go to, I'm not going to go to the Louis Vuitton store, you know, and blow my whole paycheck, you know, that type of thing. And so I was like, well, what can I do with my money? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm making like money. And at the time that was a lot of money to me being homeless and then going to that. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's Huge average difference. wage probably for a lot of people. But I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I started making more of those paychecks and then my income began to grow. And then I was like, this didn't make me feel better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Seeking the thing. Yeah, I thought that money. it would make me. I thought yeah. money would make me feel better. It's gonna fill up this god-sized hole in the middle, right. and then I'll be okay. I had the relationship. Right. I, I kill myself slaving three different jobs, four different jobs, making more money than I ever made in my in my life, and I'm still uncomfortable on the inside. When am I willing to prioritize being whole? When am I willing to prioritize having peace? Mm. Am I making inner peace a priority in my life? If so, what does that look like? Yeah, that's it the hard question. It doesn't look like me chasing three different women. No. Then I'll be fine. Right. It doesn't look like me slaving four different jobs because then I'll be okay. Because I got the thing, I got the four jobs, and I still wasn't okay. So uh, an understanding of I will not be whole, I will not have inner peace, from the world of form. The world of form is not going to give that to me. What we're talking about right. here is the world of spirit. Mm, here spirit we go. Yeah. is the only thing that's going to be able to fill that spiritual void. I need to stop looking for outside things to make me okay on the inside. So whenever we look at this, because the next part is it's a seeking of external solutions to internal pain or emptiness. So there's no such thing as an external solution. Uh, the wording is we need to that you're looking that's a facade it's but i want to get into combining this wholeness or peace with the seeking of external solutions because i have this emptiness and it may not be pain per se some people may have a deep pain mm -hmm. when they use a bottle mm -hmm. or drugs or whatever uh, maybe they were you know you know god forbid maybe they had something super horrific happen to them you know as a teenager or yes. something like that you have a lot of trauma. That, a lot of trauma you know whether it's child abuse or, or, you know, being, you know, raped or something like that, super horrific. Mm -hmm. And so that's pain that you're carrying around. Um, I get that part, you know, as far as understanding that deep pain. And so you want to clear that pain with alcohol, drugs, you know, food, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but the emptiness, that's the part that gets me is like, because I, I, I've always battled depression and I know my depression is self-pity. You know, but that creates, my depression creates emptiness. You know, like this empty feeling where I was like, oh, I did get a big paycheck, but I don't feel anything. Am I supposed to feel something? Or I'm at like one of my kids' birthday party and I'm like, everybody's happy and laughing and I'm just sitting there like, this is my kid's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why am I not feeling any emotion? Yeah. Like towards it. I should feel like happy and want to go cut the cake. Instead, I just want to sit here and hold a beer, you know, and just kind of watch everybody, you know, and I don't. You know, there's like emptiness feeling. And I think a lot of people are at that empty stage. And it's an, it's an explanation of not just seeking the external solutions, but it's an explanation of not understanding who you truly are. 
and I want to get into this and I want you to kind of talk about this a little bit is the understanding of the spirit, the higher self, the God in you. Maybe you can um, approach it in a way, kind of in a practical way where, where somebody could understand who they really are. Like, yeah. who are you? Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, yes. Now we're discussing my identity. Yes. My yes, identity. yes. Yes. Very easy to identify with the world of form. Very easy to identify with my paycheck. I got the six figure paycheck. That's mm -hmm. who I am. Look at me. That's prestige. Uh, very easy to identify with my relationship. Mm -hmm. Look at how gorgeous she is. Look at who's on my arm. Mm -hmm. What type of man do I have to be if she's on my arm? Yes. Very easy to identify with a relationship. Very, um, very easy to, to identify in the world of form. And if I'm lost in addiction and simultaneously trying to identify with the world of form, usually the world of form is running away from me. Because I'm behaving in such a selfish, destructive way, I'm losing the jobs. So if my identity is my job and I lost the job, who am I? If my identity, identity is my relationship and I lost the relationship, who am, who am I? Am I nobody? Should I kill myself? That's where I went. You know, I went thoughts of suicide because I lost the relationship. That was my identity. That's who I was. That's still delusional. If my identity is based in transient things, I'm headed for trouble. The world of form is extremely transient. Everything fluctuates. Jobs come and go. Relationships come and go. None of that is going to be forever. It's the destiny of all form to eventually go away. All form. So what do we have left? Vertical dimension. World of spirit consciousness, presence, uh, God, uh, soul, love, eternity. We use many terms because any one term limits it. You remember from last one, last class. Um, if my identity is grounded in my consciousness, that's not going anywhere. Mm, yes, that's good. That's not going anywhere. Right. Those things, those eternal part, that eternal part of me that is formless, is not transient. That's with me forever. So if my identity is grounded in something that is forever, then I'm on solid ground. Then I can build from there and I can start to honor the world of form. It's important to have jobs. It's important to have relationships. It's important to be able to provide for my family. But if those things are who I am, I'm, I'm really in a lot of trouble when they start to change and shift and, and mold. My kids today are 10, 6, and 2. They're not going to need me in 10 years the same way they need me now. Right. So my role as father, if that's my identity, I'm in a lot of trouble as soon as they don't need me. I'm like, I need to have more kids. I'd, I'm about to lose myself. And I, I don't want to have more kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I yeah. also don't want to be dependent upon them mm -hmm. in order to be okay. That's yeah, no, the that's, real issue. I think that's a really good. I think that's a really good explanation. Now, for me, and this is just a personal belief, uh, you know, for me, it's and I'm we're gonna get real spiritual, but it's a higher self. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I what's made sense to me is looking at whether you want to call it reincarnation or whatever it is, and and maybe there's people that don't believe that on here, but I've had millions of meat suits, and I'm evolving to my higher self. But yes. my higher self is in a whole different dimension that is. Can, is not bound by time, conscious, whatever you want to call it, 
and is kind of lovingly, or God, you could look, you could say it's God, is lovingly looking at me almost, and I like to picture him laughing at me, you know, with my struggles. Because here's this guy millions and millions of years ahead, or girl or whatever. I imagine I've had lots of different genders, you know, um, going through my all my different meat suits. But and then looking and saying, Really, you think this is such a hard struggle? Well, you know, you know, a million meat suits ago, you were in prison, you know, you you got your head chopped off, you know, like who knows what. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it puts it into perspective, and I like to look to my higher self for me because now I now it's not such a big deal. It's not just 50 years of programming. This is something that I've been experiencing and working through and evolving to a higher consciousness slowly over millions of years, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So for me, and it's just another way, however people want to believe it, we can do the Christian way, you know, where you have a Holy Spirit that lives in you. Mm-hmm. You know, so so whether you accept Jesus or, you know, God or whatever it is, um, and then that allows the Holy Spirit to live in you, and then you are not your old self anymore. You know, you are a new creature born through Christ, you know. So Christ consciousness, we could get into that. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, then you look to the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you, you yeah. know, in the things that you want to do. To me, that's the same as the higher self or, or, or looking to God. That higher person, you are not... Dwayne with a bottle in his hand. Uh, you are not Dwayne blackout drunk with throw up on the side. Are you in the hospital? And we'll get into those stories at some point. Um, you are not any of those things. Has nothing to do with me. Has nothing yeah. to do with my identity. Right. Those are things that happened to me as a result of my destructive behavior, my destructive addiction. But yeah, that God consciousness, that um, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling. Mm-hmm. I love it. That is what helps me rebuild the structure of my mind. How many millions of times did I have the thought, the conditioned thought, I need that to be okay. Oh, worry, worry, worry about this, worry about this. It's millions of times that my brain oh, worried millions has, has yeah. fired these neurological wirings. So we have to recondition the brain mm-hmm. with neuroplasticity, the brain can change, grow, and evolve. This is this is just late 80s. You know, up until the late 80s, science told us, don't drink the tequila. If you kill your brain cells, you'll never get them back. And science found out that that's not true. Right. Scientists that are not interested in spiritual development, they found out, no, you can, ha- you can create rewire your pathways. brain. You can create new neurological pathways called neuroplasticity. It takes place in the neocortex, the new brain. And repetition makes that possible how many millions of times did i have the worrisome thought well it's like I, i've told you and we've talked about this funny your all new cells get created like seven years every seven years yeah, yeah, yeah every seven funny years your, seven. your entire body is a is yeah a brand so new body. you've been sober for 13 years yeah so i'm almost two new people you're almost two new people <laughs> before your, your body doesn't know alcohol. Correct. At seven years sober. Twice now, your body doesn't know alcohol. Not a single cell in this body has experienced uh, a drug or alcohol. Or, yeah, so yeah. think about that. Like, it's so cool. It's like a new lease on life. Exactly. You know, like, That's exactly and, and, what it is. And yeah. so you you stay seven years sober. You, It's just your programming in your mind that's saying that you want that drug. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because nowhere in your body is there any drug. Because our life... And because my inner peace depend on me changing, I'm willing to head down that path. Yes. I'm willing to find a new way of living. Mm-hmm. I have to find a way to live without my whatever desired substance is. 
At first, initially, we do it because our life depends on it. If I don't change, I'm going to crash and burn. So defining the word addiction, to me, and I like what our, our material says, here, so addiction can lead to a disconnection from one's true self and higher power. Mm. Addiction can lead to a disconnection. I love that word. So let, let's define addiction in case this is your first time somebody listening to this podcast. It's anything that takes you away from, I like to say it's anything that takes me away from my higher self. It's anything that takes me away from God. It's anything that takes me away from source. Yeah. And if I, yes. if I have a pattern of that, then that is an addiction. If, and my ego wants to take hold of that pattern and then run it loops in my head and cause me to, my ego's in fight with my higher self, kind of, there's like this little, you know, the, the, you remember the old cartoons, Porky the Pig? Mm -hmm. Some of you may not remember this, but there was like this. <laughs> the devil and the angel. The devil and the angel, and they're like little pigs. And they would tell them to do this or tell them to do this. So I kind of look at my, like, my ego and higher self that way. You know, which is not necessarily bad and good, you know, because it was so as above, so below. But it's so funny whenever you look at things that are taking you away from God. And then I'm doing these things constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, I have an addiction. The dependence of yes. this action, mm -hmm. the dependence of this substance. Yeah, I have to do this in order to be okay. I have yeah, to I, I, need, to I need to something. get approval from women mm -hmm. so that they like me so that I feel good about myself. And That's so a very, I'm common, manipulating, very common addiction. Yeah, I'm manipulating women to get, oh, you're awesome. That's all I want to hear. I'm just addicted to the approval. The approval. Yes. yes there we go. Yes. And it, it looks best when it's pretty, when it comes mm -hmm. from someone gorgeous or mm -hmm. someone that I admire. Yeah. Yes, I'm just yes. I'm just looking for the approval. I don't have self-worth. The addiction, the delusion is I don't have self-worth unless I get her attention. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize this pretty heavily. I mean, this was recent and I've talked to you about this because we, we, share all, we share all our drama and problems to each other. But that we had some today that we talked about. Yeah. So it's, this is continual. But it's so funny because you don't realize you have this until you, I had somebody that I respected and they told me, they told another person, that person told me about my work and how bad my work is, in their opinion. Mm. And that tore me up for a week, mm -hmm. solid. I didn't sleep for like two days because this person I had respected, they didn't see my value in what I gave. You know, so they thought I was like an amateur when I consider myself an expert in my work. So I really valued that opinion of that person. You see, the external solution to my inter internal pain or emptiness it wasn't there. Yes. You see what you I'm didn't saying? get the approval. No, I didn't. I needed the approval to feel good. I want everyone to like me. And then I don't know how to handle the feeling of mm -hmm. pain or emptiness. Yes. It was the approval that got rid of the pain and emptiness. Yes. That's what I'm addicted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Anything that I'm doing unconsciously in order to make me feel okay. Because we need to understand this. So basically what we're saying is everybody has an addiction. Yeah. That's why the <laughs> podcast, God willing, can be of service to so many. Yes. It's not just alcoholism. It's not just sex. It's not just gambling. It's my unconscious conditioned behavior to be separate from yes i'm not connected to source i'm connected to ego in that moment which makes me separate from source and usually i'm blind in that behavior i need that thing 
and I'll run you over to get it. Yeah, I'm not much, but it's all I think about. I love that <laughs> quote, bro. We got to get a merch. Long. Yeah, yeah. We got to get like recovered addict merch and put that on there. <laughs> Only 60,000 times a day. I think <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm the center of attention and I'm everything. I'm separate, 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 separate. And, mm-hmm. and my problem is the most important thing in the universe, in the yes. universe, yeah. in this vast universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> planets are exploding right, as we speak and creating new galaxies. But no, 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 that's not important. What's important is that this person said some bad things about me to another person, Mm -hmm. and it destroyed me. And that was nine months ago, 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I remember that. That person was a teacher and a catalyst for me to buckle down and say, what do I need to learn from this? Absolutely. And we talked about it, you know, 10, 15 times, you know, going over, over, and over again. Why am I seeking approval externally? And I think that was so important what you said. And it, it says this addiction can lead us to addiction action from one's true self and higher power. Whatever that may mean to the individual, resulting in spiritual void and suffering. Yes. So talk about spiritual void and suffering. With enough destructive behavior, enough attack attachment to the world of form, enough action from my ego. I'm not touching spirit at all. So the spiritual void, I'm not, I'm not relying upon spirit. I'm not relying upon higher self. I'm relying upon a bottle to make me feel different. I know that that liquid will work. Enough of that behavior becomes my normal, only normal way of living. Mm, yes. I, I don't know any other way to get through the day. I don't know any other way to get approval. I'm going to manipulate. So... The spiritual void is I've lived long, so long in this unconscious, destructive pattern. I don't know any other way to live. And then as a result of, a, of the destructive behavior, that creates suffering. Some of, the, some of my favorite literature says, we step, on, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. I'm behaving in a selfish way. And... What do you expect? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any other way to live. I'm going to act selfish to another selfish being. Yes. Somebody yes. else is in their ego, and I'm going to be big time in my ego, and it's not going to be okay. But I want them to be okay. But then they retaliate. Of course. The world around me. Yes. Starts coming at me. You're not acting normal, Dwayne. It creates suffering. Mm. My selfishness, my delusion. I cannot see. Wait, 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 wait. You have. Human feelings too? No, no, you couldn't possibly have human emotions. Well, mine I'm are more important. The yeah. only one that has human yeah. emotions. Yours, mine are don't special. Even, yours don't even count. <laughs> so I have to get mine. I have to get mine first. Then I have to get mine most. Mm. So if that doesn't happen, I take steps to make it happen, and then that pushes the world around me away. That disconnect from the world. That disconnect from source that disconnect from you know reality that causes suffering yeah and this and and i like the buddhist way of suffering you know understand eckhart totally talks about this too is suffering is just not being in the present moment love it yeah it's so simple yeah so when i'm like in the future thinking or in the past thinking when i'm suffering and i can't that makes for that's i I, i'm like a big monkey so that helps my brain keep it simple yeah it's keep it simple it's like why are you feeling self-pity and depression right now jason it's because you feel like you're suffering, mm-hmm. that you're separate. 
what are you dwelling on? Oh, I'm dwelling on this past event that happened. Mm -hmm. I even, when we were just talking about the guy that I respected that said something bad about me, I even started to get an emotion for that. Of course. Yeah, you had it an, triggered. an energetic response. It was a small emotion, you know, and I can catch it and and know what, you know, that oh, my value is not by them or whatever, you know. Yes, because but, you have a spiritual practice. But it's so funny, even now, a little tweak of that emotion just started to, you know, that little light of that, of my ego just started to kind of peer itself through just by me talking about it. <laughs> yeah, of course. The ego can only exist in the mind. So... Of course, I want to go, I have conditioned behavior to go into my mind and be in the past and be in resentment or be in the future and be in fear. The ego loves it. The mind loves it because that's the only place the ego can exist. You caught it just now within the, within the 45 seconds we've been talking about this. I'm able to spot the thought Know that that's not real. That's not who I am. It's just a thought. And then turn towards spiritual solution, which is omni-aware space for that thought. We were just talking about this in the gym. This is a helpful tool that I use when I'm present enough to use it that helps pull me back off the ledge. And there are, two, there are three levels to every scenario. Level number one is the situation. The situation is this individual slandered me behind my back. Level number two is my energetic response to the situation. Anger, resentment, fear, betrayal. The, betrayal. Fear, uh, the fear of not being good the enough. fear of not being good enough. That's, yeah, little, that's excellent and more specific. So that's level number one, the situation. Level number two is my energetic response to the situation. That's as far as most human beings ever get, especially... If I'm in a delusional addiction, of course I'm not going to take responsibility and look any further than that. Now, what's level number three? Level number three is we like to do big breath, the aware space for both those levels. I'm the awareness that gets to See the anger, observe the anger. I'm the awareness that gets to observe the situation, observe the it's situation. taking space and pulling yourself back. In that moment, if I can separate from those two levels, that's freedom. Mm, yes. My identity is not wrapped up in the situation of this person slandering me. My identity is not wrapped up in my emotion of anger. It's not who I am. I am the aware space for both those things. That's freedom. That's foundational freedom. I can build on bedrock if I'm coming from the source. So this is very, very practical, and this is going to help a lot of people. So I, I want people to understand this. So you're in level one, level two. That's where people exist. Most people exist. That's yeah, all that's they the, ever uh, get. Uh, yeah, that's the ego. Um, the world is real. Most people don't know they're not their thoughts. Yeah, let that sink in. We're very interested in going way beyond the thinking mind. So, so level one, level two, I got the emotional response. And we'll, we'll just play with my thing. Okay, what really trigger was an upper limit problem is I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. So that, that's my trigger for just about everything. So that's fear-based of I'm not good enough. So this person triggered that. So in this trigger, I can identify with that emotion and say this is me. 
where that's the level two. That's where most people stay at. So now yes. I need to react to this false sense of self. This it's not real, but I'm I'm pretending like it's real because that's my matrix. I just took the wrong pill, the blue pill or whatever, the red pill. <laughs> and so now I'm acting in this. I'm acting in this. And so my reactions are going to be, well, I'd like to fight him. Yeah. You know I mean, like if I could fist fight him, that would be great. You know, or let's do a duel, you know, or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's kind of more of like a male part of things. You know, a female maybe to like in, in the feminine nature, maybe like to withdraw, to be hurt, you know, which I experience all those things is fearful. I don't want to talk to that person. You know, my, my fear is going to be in that arena. So taking that space, mm-hmm. what you were talking mm-hmm. about is so important and not identifying with it and pulling yourself back and then just, uh, and Eckhart Tolle talks about the being the observer. Yes, exactly. And what does that look like when you can take, I'm at level one, level two, and I'm just, I'm not identifying with it. I'm taking a breath and I'm looking at that emotion. And you said something very powerful. I want you to talk about it is that's not real. That's not real. What is that? That's a crazy thought. What is that? That's just, I'm dealing with some um, plumbing issues at one of my investment properties currently. And it had and has the power to take over my identity. Situation, ruptured pipes, energetic response, fear. (laughs) I have to spend some money. I'm worried now. Now, if I go down the rabbit hole with the situation, if I go down the rabbit hole with my fear, so so I lose myself. Yeah, we'll be a little bit vulnerable because this is fun because I, I know you really well. So so going down the rabbit hole for you, and this doesn't appear to be bad with anybody. This is actually praised in the world. You is saying, I need to grin and bear it. I need to go find another way where I can earn thousands of dollars to fix the pipes. So I'm going to, as Abraham Hicks says, you know, um, or Esther Hicks, if you guys have listened to her, she's great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to paddle as hard as I can upstream. upstream yeah. And I'm going to do, I am going to do this. And I'm going to work super hard. I'm going to go kill myself mm-hmm. physically and work till two or three or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just so I can make this even. Totally. That, that's been my literal experience. I would work at a restaurant. From 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. after doing a normal 9 to 5 on Fridays and Saturdays. Well, it's not even a normal 9 to 5 because you're, you're getting, you're, yeah, you're getting, there, you're getting there at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. at the gym and then, and and going then, and all then another, the way to 3 yeah, a.m. the next day. And then do, do, that's not normal. Do almost 28 hours in two days at a different yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not so I can, sustainable. If I have this outside money, Mm-hmm. then I'll be okay. So it's part of my, it was part of my delusion. It was part of my seeking, part of my addiction, part of my seeking outside thing to make me okay. And then... And, and I always, uh, you've told me this, and I, it's like, where's God in any of that? None. It's not there. It's not present <laughs> at all. If I'm connected to source, I'm connected to infinite abundance. Yes. Infinite abundance is going to take care of me no matter what. But coming from that place takes practice. I'm very practiced at coming from fear. I need to do something about this. Then I'll work really hard and make it happen. That's the, that, like you said, it's praised in, in America. Normal people say, well, go get another job. Yeah. Just keep working. Instead of coming from source, coming from connectedness, knowing that I'm going to be okay regardless of these pipes. 
I'm going to be okay regardless of that extra job. I'm okay regardless of what my job is. Mm -hmm. Am I identified with my job or not? If not, I need to come from the place of source in order to experience peace. Now, somebody may be listening to this and they're just sitting around all day on their couch and smoking weed or Mm -hmm. being paranoid and doing coke or, you know, Mm -hmm. drinking all the time. And they're like, well, you know, I don't need to get a job, you know, or whatever. No, the thing that you need to do is be productive. You know, so there's this other side where, you know, you have the entrepreneurial type, you know, that archetype, you know, that's going to grin and bear it and do it. God's not involved in that. Then you have the other side of the person who's super lazy just sitting around you know, and some of you are listening to this are, are doing that. You're just sitting smoking weed all day into oblivion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I see a lot of people that can function with weed. Yeah. But they have a major addiction to weed. Yeah. You know, it's same with alcohol. If I'm not high all day, I'm not okay. Yeah. I need to take the pin to work. I need to do, you know, I have, I carry this pin with me. Totally. Oh my God, I can't find my phone. We're addicted to our phones. Oh my God, I can't find my pin or my phone. I need these two things. And so I'm running into the bathroom, smoking weed. I'm going outside. And so I'm constantly, you saw this in the restaurant industry. I'm just constantly high 24-7. Absolutely. All you did was replace alcoholism with weedism, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just became a drug addict. Yeah, and it, it's, scary. it's even more scary now because they'll give you a card. They'll oh, say, yeah, 100%. They say, yeah, it's legal. It's legal. Yeah. Go for it. The same as alcohol. Have as much as you want. You have PTSD? Oh, here's more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, you know, again, we, I like, we like to prompt the question, am I the victim of my life or am I the creator of my life? Mm-hmm. That answer is simple for us. But that's because I'm interested in making inner peace a priority in my life. I'm interested in honoring the part of me that is whole. If I don't know any better, I'm still behaving in a destructive, closed-minded, unconscious, addicted way because that substance makes me feel different. I don't mm-hmm. have to feel a fear. I don't, well, I don't, have, to I don't have to think. I can check out. Yep. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter what the substance is. Weed, alcohol, cocaine, doesn't matter. The behavior is unconscious, and really, what we're discussing is being addicted to being in my unconscious. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just addicted to living in that low-level existence. I'm used to the feelings of fear. I'm used to the feelings of worry. I'm used to needing to check out from those feelings. What can I do? Anything you got? Just give me more <laughs> of it. <laughs> and 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 that's because, like we were saying earlier, to get back to you know, the whole premise of this, that's because I feel like I'm suffering. Yeah, you're perceived suffering. Yeah, I feel like I'm suffering, so I'm going to check out with this. Yes. You know, I've had a really hard week. It's been really tough. I'm just going to lay around, you know, for two or three days, eat really bad junk food and watch Netflix and just binge. Mm -hmm. You know, that's okay every once in a while if you plan it and you figure it out. You know, sometimes I'll do that. You know, I mean, there's healthy ways to that. But if that's your way to cope, it's just smoking weed and binging out on Netflix and hanging out on your phone, you know, for, I mean, I think they said the other day, the average 20 year old spends like eight hours on their phone or longer, you know, and then on TikTok, it's like crazy. The amount of hours that teenagers are spending on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hours and hours and hours every single day. Yeah. Well, you've created, there's an addiction there. I'm not going to be whole or I won't have peace or I'm suffering if I don't have my phone. Yeah, I lose it without my phone. So that's an addiction. Absolutely. And you know, Am I, am, I, am I seeking responsibility or not? Mm-hmm. If I'm the victim of my life, then there's no way I'm willing to adopt responsibility for my life. It's your fault. If you were different, I would be okay. If the government was different, I would be okay. If my parents were different, I would be okay. If I had more money, I would be okay. I'm still just the victim of my life. 
that existence is low level, that existence is unconscious. And that creates my perceived suffering. So of course I'll grab the phone in order to feel something different. I don't know any other better way to be. Seeking spiritual principles, seeking responsibility presents me with a different approach to life. I no longer get to blame all of these outside things for how I'm feeling on the inside. I have to take responsibility for what's going on on the inside of me. Whether I'm staying on the couch watching Netflix all day or whether I'm working 80 hours a week in order to be busy and not feel. I don't have to worry about my problems. I'm too busy. So that's, again, the yin-yang we're talking about. Well, it's the same thing. People don't understand this. The 80 hours a week is you doing something to avoid. Correct. Feeling what's really going on. Yeah, and then you have an excuse, just like with any addiction, is to say, well, don't you see I'm suffering? I'm working 80 hours a week. (laughs) You can't understand how important I am and all the things that I'm doing. And this is, you know, to support... A family look, or yeah. support whatever. Look at all the things I'm doing for you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Family. Look at all the sacrifice I've given, you know, <laughs> which nothing prestige. we do in our zone of genius, and we'll get into zone of genius later, yes. but nothing we do in our zone of genius is sacrifice. No, it's joy. It's pure joy and just pure serving others, yeah. as this podcast is. So we've gone over an hour, so I want to, um, we're going to do recovery in this context of the spiritual dimension. We'll get into that a little bit on the next episode um, and kind of get a little bit more detailed in this journey. But I do want to say this before we close out. Um, join and, and maybe you can just talk real quickly to this. If somebody's listening to this podcast and you know somebody, maybe uh, you're like, obviously, I have an addiction, but you have five, 10, 15, 20 other friends, share this. Yeah, absolutely. That's the number one thing you can do to help us. We're not asking for any money or anything like that. Um, we want this word to get out, and we believe that this is the way that you can cure your addiction. Yeah. It's a beautiful platform that you you are very well versed with, Jason, and it's an honor to get to be a part of something like this. Now, especially in 2023, how many people can receive a message or receive a solution to perhaps a, a deathly illness? Yeah, and you don't know by sharing the information, you don't know how what impact that can have on somebody's life. Yeah. So, you know, like you shared, you told me today, you shared the podcast through Spotify real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Spotify video, YouTube video, or, you know, we on Instagram video, we have it all. Um, reels and all that stuff and YouTube shorts. So just taking the time to share that with somebody can help change their life. Yeah, you never know. You might be the first message or you might be the first line of hope that someone needed in order to save their life. Because you you don't know, and you've known this when, when you're an alcoholic, what that person said to you, how much it meant to them. They just said something to you, mm-hmm. but it changed your life forever. Yeah, absolutely reshaped my reality. And a tool like this, might get to help someone in that way. 